That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey, good evening. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime. There is still so much misinformation out, out there surrounding the events of January 6th and the breach of the U.S. Capitol. And even with all the talk and the recycled news reporting in the fake news media, we have learned very little, actually, since that day. First, we were misled by the media, and we were told that Trump supporters killed the Capitol Police officer, Brian Sicknick, by hitting him over the head with a fire extinguisher. Remember that? And then the story just sort of faded away once the media realized that the story was entirely fabricated, even though news media had reported it. They kept repeating the term insurrection in their newscast, and they still are, by the way. And then they upgraded to what they called an armed insurrection, even though there's zero evidence that anyone who entered the Capitol that day was armed. Not one person arrested surrounding the Capitol incidents, incident was charged with possessing a weapon. And that's important to note. So it's more of an unarmed insurrection, which really isn't an insurrection at all. But now we have a new term for what happened on January 6th. Biden's attorney general nominee said it yesterday during his Senate confirmation hearings. Listen to this. Urge of domestic terrorism. Uh, is this something that you will look at as ter in terms of the degree of the resources of the agency? Yeah, as I say that, I think the first thing I should do um, uh, as part of the, uh, my briefings on the Capitol bombing are briefings with um, Director Ray as to where he sees the biggest threat. Capital bombings? You heard that right. Capital bombings. I guess the Attorney General will be investigating the January 6th Capitol breach as a bombing now. Maybe he misspoke, or maybe he watches too much fake news. You can't possibly know. Coming up a little later, I will ask DC Drano, a.k.a. Rogan O. Handley, whether he thinks this was just a little slip of the tongue or not. But first, let's head around America to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. We start out with the host of Just the News AM, Carrie Sheffield. Carrie, go ahead. Hey there, Dr. Gina. A very interesting development in Utah, my home state. So in Utah, Jason Chaffetz, a former congressman, is being floated as a possible challenger to Romney in a Utah state primary. Ken Blackwell, who's a Trump supporter, wrote an op-ed. He said, I think most of us who believe in Trump's America First agenda would agree that someone like Romney needs to go. Heck, he's been, been considered a rhino for a very, very long time, well before Trump was on the scene. He's essentially a progressive moonlighting as a conservative. Hopefully, if not Chaffetz, someone who is a true conservative will retire the man from his post. Well, this morning on my program, I had Jay Evenson. He's a Pulitzer Prize-nominated columnist with the Deseret News, which is the second largest newspaper in Utah. I used to work for them, actually. And Jay said that he actually thinks the signs are very strong that Romney actually might not even run for re-election, that it could be he's seen the writing on the wall, similar to Jeff Flake, and Jeff Flake chose to retire rather than be primaried or rather than face somebody who's going to challenge him. So, and interestingly, Jay also said he looked at some recent poll data from the Deseret News, and they found actually that Democrats 
in Utah have a higher approval rating of Mitt Romney than Republicans, registered Republicans in the state of Utah. That does not bode well for a primary challenger uh, possibility for Mitt Romney. And what's also interesting is that those who are not religious, religiously unaffiliated, atheists, agnostics, etc., they approved of Mitt Romney by 61 percent, a much higher approval rating than among those who are Mormons or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which also doesn't bode well for Mitt Romney. All right, I'm going to throw it back to you. I think you'll have something to say about this, Gina. Wow, when his own church doesn't support him. That is very interesting, Carrie, how things have changed. Thank you so much. Now let's head out to Denver, Colorado, to our RAV headquarters, where Jessica Rivera is standing by. Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, a team of researchers in Ohio State University have developed a drug that may just block the coronavirus without any pills or shots. They're tiny protein fragments known as peptides. The peptides stop the virus in its tracks from continuing to infect healthy cells. But how would these tiny protein fragments make their way into the body? Researchers may use a nasal spray. Researchers also believe the new development would be able to be used on just about anyone. But Dr. Gina, some may hear this and say, but there is finally a vaccine out. And that's true. So let's take a look at va the vaccine. It's not as readily available as one would think. There's a line, you have to get two shots, and of course, the unknown side effects that many are dealing with. But what else many Americans may not know is according to the CDC in 1962, there were only three doses of vaccines recommended for any one person up to the age of 18. In 1983, that number rose to 24 doses. Then in 2018, the number grew even higher to 76 doses. But why the exponential growth of vaccine recommendations? Well, it's because in 1986, President Ronald Reagan signed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, which eliminates any financial liability of vaccine manufacturers and a federal no-fault system for injuries or deaths related to any vaccines. So whether you are what they call a vaccine conspiracy theorist, an anti-vaxxer, or you're pro-vaccine, these are the undeniable facts of vaccines in our nation. That's why many are very skeptical. Skeptical. So options to vaccines come as welcome news to many. Wow, Jessica, that is really interesting. So these peptides that could be delivered as a nasal spray, um, it, do we know the overall efficacy of them and how easily dis distributable they are? Well, what's really interesting is that since this news has come out, it's um, not very, there's not a lot of information out there. I don't think a lot of news outlets or a lot of reporting has been done on it. And I found that very interesting. And so that's when I went down the road of, well, it's probably more or less because the CDC would push much more of a vaccine than they would something that would possibly um, you know, be able to help people that uh, didn't really have as much of a money maker as maybe a vaccine would. Um, not to mention, this probably would still have liability for whatever manufacturer is out there. So they probably want to make sure that the efficacy is completely uh, true and test it as much as possible before they come out and say that it's, you know, however much percent uh, efficacy because they're not exactly covered by the vaccine law. So, okay, so let me understand. So the, uh -huh. so the vaccines are covered from any liability 
it uh, doesn't matter what happens. If you die after you take the vaccine, the vaccine companies have no reprisal. But these peptides or any therapeutics or any other kinds of drugs uh, or, or vitamins or supplements or anything like that that might be helpful to someone to prevent COVID, they would have liability. Absolutely. That is the truth with this law in place. And that's been the case since 1986, which a lot of people don't understand. And so that's why there's been higher recommendations by the years that go up for people uh, when in actuality, who really, I mean, when they're pushing vaccines, who wouldn't push more vaccines if they knew that they didn't have any tie to it? They wouldn't get in trouble if it wasn't exactly tested correctly. So yes, in that statement, that is correct. Other therapeutics would still have to face or would be liable for any deaths or injuries. And Jessica, where can people find this article? Um, so you can go ahead and just research, just Google the Ohio State University peptides uh, tr new treatment. Um, like I said, there's very few articles on it, so it's a little difficult to find as much information as you can on it. But I imagine as the days go on and as much more testing takes place, um, we'll probably learn a lot more about this uh, new and possibly really good treatment. And might I recommend, because Google tends to censor things, you might download DuckDuckGo if you haven't already or one of the other search engines, because as soon as Google finds out that, uh, that someone is uh, looking this up pretty soon, I have a feeling they'll bury it down on page 80,000. Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much, Jessica. Always appreciate these original stories you find. I don't know how you do it, but you are the gold digger of stories. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now let's head out to Washington, D.C. to RAV contributor Dylan Johnson. Dylan, you're all fired up, I hear, about Biden's climate policies today, and that makes two of us pretty much every day. Tell us what you found, Dylan. Yeah, well, look, Dr. Gina, earlier this week we talked about the absolute romance uh, between the mainstream media and Joe Biden. This is another one of those stories that they're not covering. You'll find it at Just the News, covered by John Solomon and his team. Uh, this is a really important story. It wasn't reported. Uh, at the end of President Trump's term, in the last week of December, something that hasn't happened since 1985, when President Reagan was in office, uh, occurred. The United States didn't import a single drop of oil from Saudi Arabia. Now, you need to remember that Russia is an economy that is highly dependent on energy. And so the exact media that called President Trump a Russian asset for four years, you have to think with these America First policies that dropped the price of crude oil uh, well below $50 are now seeing under Joe Biden uh, crude oil around $65. Uh, the Kremlin's quite happy with this. Uh, if Trump was the Russian asset that the media claimed him to be, uh, he had to be the worst Russian asset uh, ever. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it, certainly, Dylan. And we just see more and more stories like this coming out of the Biden administration. And do you expect them to answer any questions about this from the press anytime soon? Well, I'm sure uh, Jin Psaki will circle back on this, as we've come to expect from uh, those daily press briefings. But, you know, look, it's important to note President Trump made great progress towards American energy independence. Uh, but the same party that brought you the Green New Deal and banning plastic straws is the same party now that is killing 11,000 jobs with the closure of the Keystone XL pipeline. They're the same party that banned fracking on federal land. And, uh, you know, they're the ones that are actually helping uh, to keep the Kremlin quite happy. The Russians are, uh, have plead no contest. You know, Joe Biden is notorious uh, for making our jobs pretty easy. He says the quiet part out loud. 
And uh, he actually said and brags that the America First policies that President Trump enacted, uh, they are no more. And, well, the results speak to that uh, to be the case. Wow. Thank you so much, Dylan. Always appreciate you reporting to us from our headquarters there in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Dr. Gina. Coming up, folks on social media tossing out their Coke products after a whistleblower revealed their ridiculous anti-white diversity training. Why do we have to be anti-anything? Can't we just be pro every color? And we talked to Papa John Schnatter about that coming up next. Stick around. You might want a pizza after you watch this. Stay with us. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, yesterday... Ben Burkwam brought us a report from the U.S.-Mexico border where the border wall construction was cut off, halted, heavy equipment sites idle, jobs gone, illegal immigration ramping back up quickly. Ben Burkwam is back today. He's right outside El Paso at the border wall there. Ben, go ahead. Hey, Dr. Gina, we are at a very special place in America, actually. We're at the location where we build the wall, actually built the first section of border wall, a quarter mile section of border wall. You can actually see border patrol coming up this. Before this wall was here, it took border patrol sometimes 20 minutes plus to get to the top of this mountain. Now you'll see just how fast this border patrol truck can make it up. Now when they're moving, when they've got intel that something's going on up here, they can get up here in a heartbeat. Within 15 seconds, from 20 minutes to 15 seconds, this wall was built by American citizens who said, we're gonna support President Trump. We're gonna support American sovereignty. We're tired of the left undermining our country. We stand with America. We stand with Border Patrol. We stand with the rule of law and we stand for this flag. Now we're seeing the exact opposite. We're seeing the exact opposite of that by the left in America who are undermining our sovereignty, who are undermining the rule of law, who are saying it's open borders again. It's free reign for the cartels right across from me, right here. Before this, before this wall was put in place, you can actually see them. And I don't know if we can zoom in on some of these. There were over 20 cartel trails where the coyotes would bring drug traffickers across. We just saw, we just witnessed just a couple minutes ago, and I've got footage of it, where the National Guard troops actually brought four men down from these mountains. Now, they said they were bringing them down to turn them into immigration authorities. We actually witnessed them, let them go. I believe they were coming down to come in to the open gate that's at the bottom of this wall. But right now, you can see right here, I don't know if you can see that in the picture, there's a, there's a trail right here, there's a trail right down below me here on the left, there's another one, uh, multiple up on this, the, the top of this hill over here, Anthony, if we can turn the camera over here. Multiple trails over here. And as we were sitting there, as we were, as we were sitting there uh, filming these guys coming down the mountain, we looked up and there was a scout what they do is they sit, and he's still there, right up, right behind this mountain. There's a little saddle there. He was looking at us, they, and they, that what they do is they sit there and tell these guys when to come down, when it's safe. There were no Border Patrol agents. We just saw Border Patrol come through. They're doing their patrols, but there were none. Typically, there's one stationed here. 
There's one or two stations at the bottom down by the river. There were none today. And I believe that's why those guys were coming down. At the same time, as that was happening, there were two other cartel scouts up on top by monument number two looking down. We've got video of all of this. It was wild, Gina. It was wild. This is happening all day, every day. And this is in this tiny little stretch. That's why, that's why Border Patrol said this wall was so critical. Just this little wall. You think we've got 2,000 miles of, wall, of, of border, but even a quarter mile stretch can make a difference when it comes to fighting sex trafficking and drug tra trafficking in America. And there is a reason why the left doesn't want this wall. There is a reason why globalist leftist socialists do not want this wall. The only people that this open border policies benefit are the cartels and the corrupt politicians in America. It's a shame. It's an absolute shame. But we're going to continue to show it. That's why we are here. That's why I'm here. That's why Real America's Voice exists. That's why I spent two days in Arizona and New Mexico talking to the ranchers down there. And we're going to keep doing it. So uh, stay tuned. I've got much more. We're going to be unveiling it. Dr. G at CPAC. I can't wait for you to see it. Some of this footage you guys never before seen exclusive to Real America's Voice News. And I just invite you guys, if you don't already uh, subscribe to our, if you don't have our, our app, download the app. If you uh, don't have us on your TV, it's simple. Get a smart TV. If you have a smart TV, we're on Roku, Hulu, Pluto, all of the, the digital apps. We're on Dish Network. We're everywhere. We're on social media, guys. This is why we exist. This is why Dr. Gina has a show. This is why I'm out here in the field. This is why Real America's Voice exists, to tell you the truth. And it's an absolute honor to be able to do it. Dr. G, back to you. I will see you in Florida. Well, Ben, I'm excited to see you in Florida, but I am so honored that you are out there pursuing this, doing this every single night, um, and especially that you bring it to our show right here, Dr. Gina Primetime. Uh, it's courageous, it is groundbreaking, and nobody else is doing the work that you're doing. It's a true yeoman's work, and I appreciate you and can't wait to see you here in Florida uh, starting tomorrow at CPAC. Coca-Cola still taking a lot of heat today on social media after their diversity training telling workers to be less white was leaked online by a whistleblower. Social media users are saying it's time to switch to Pepsi products. Why do these big corporations feel the need to push this ridiculous and racist diversity training up on their employees? Here with me now to discuss founder and former CEO and chairman of Papa John's Pizza, John Schnatter. John. You have experience running a large corporation, so maybe you can help me understand why these big companies decide with all of the problems we have in America, all of the things that are happening right now inside of corporate America, uh, what, how is this the problem to tackle? How is this appropriate? Well, it's not, and the whole, you know, the left white, less white situation, um, all people, regardless of the color of their skin, should be treated with respect and dignity and kindness. And um, the less white, uh, you know, program by Coca-Cola is just wrong. And what's happened is, and that's why I wouldn't want to sit on the board of, of directors of any company right now, especially Papa John's, and we'll come to that, is that Coca-Cola should worry about selling Cokes. Papa John's should worry about selling pizza, but they shouldn't be uh, get into politics and issues that are out of their core competency, which is, you know, run their business, run their company, run it with integrity, run it with mutual respect for all employees and customers and suppliers, and um, good things will happen. But I don't know why Coca-Cola would dra uh, drift into less white. 
Um, Gene, I just don't, that makes no sense to me. It's, it's, it's upsetting and it's, you know, you, you think back to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. judged a man or a woman by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And it seems like we've gotten so far away from that, John. We've taken Aunt Jemima off of the pancake syrup. We've taken, you know, it, just everyone. And, and how does that, I mean, I really, I think Aunt Jemima, you know, is, is you know, she's gone now off the, off the front of the syrup. And I think, so we're just erasing the memory of, of this woman, uh, you know, now Cherokee wants Jeep to do away with the Cherokee Jeep. And I think, you know, do they not realize that that gave great notoriety to an entire tribe of people? Uh, are we going to rename the states of Missouri, of Oklahoma, because they're named for Indian tribes? I mean, at what point are you really just doing a major cancel culture move that really takes away a lot of the recognition of people that were under-recognized in our culture. Well, exactly, and it's even worse than that. Um, these kind of programs are more divisive, and the last thing our country needs right now is to be any more divisive. If you look at the slide on the attributes to be less white, less defensive, less argumentative, less uh, aggravated, um, all the attributes are not something that one particular race or nationality or heritage should um, obey to or respect. It, it should be all humanity should do what's on that slide. And um, I don't like the further division in the country by doing things like this. I think we need to stick to selling Coke and stick to selling pizza and let the politicians handle the political aspect of that. But why Coke drifted into a, uh, a diversity program that further divides the country is just, um, it's just wrong and it's not, uh, it's not loving. Yeah, and I think you really get, get right down to it. We want to respect and love all races, more kindness, less division. John, you mentioned you went through a controversy where you were accused of racism wrongly and you were forced out of the CEO position, of course, of your own company. And that was a, a huge, you know, really upsetting moment for you. Um, ultimately, of course, you, you know, you were basically exonerated of any of these ridiculous charges, and um, and, and that is a great thing. And you should have been cleared of all of those charges. That has to feel good. But I'm sure that you wish all of that had been revealed earlier, and that these sorts of fights didn't have to take place. That you could have just sold pizza, as you mentioned, right? Yeah, we were really good at it, and we had a great run, and we were doing quite well. And at Papa John's pop-up, people are priority one always, and we walked the talk with that. And we treated everybody uh, with mutual respect and kindness and thoughtfulness. And we created win-wins with our communities, with our employees, with our franchisees, with our, with our suppliers. And, you know, if you have mutual respect and kindness and you have principles and you base your your actions on those core values and those principles and you stick to your knitting, which in our case was making a better pizza, uh, you come out the other side better. Uh, I've watched Papa John's drift away. We never had race issues uh, when I was there. If we did, I put a stop to it really quick because these things do pop up and you, you the key to that is you just address them in real time and, and you don't tolerate it. Um, but um, I've watched the company get away from their quality, get away from their service, get away from their cleanliness 
and now they're involved with politics in the middle of the the race issues. And I think there's no no they have no business in that uh, that arena. Yeah, John, um, as so many do, you took what was an incredibly painful situation and made lemonade out of it. You have a new mission these days. You went to St. Louis to help a man who was discriminated against. Tell us about that. George Mitchell. George Mitchell, um, he was treated unfairly on the basis of his skin color. Uh, he actually has a tape. The similarities between my situation and George's are kind of ironic. Uh, he has a tape that shows that what they did was wrong. And why in the world Papa John not addressed that situation, um, it, it, it upsets me. Um, it, the tape is horrific. It's wrong. Uh, they treated John, George wrong. Uh, he has four kids, a wife. He's making 11 bucks an hour. And here you got Shaquille O'Neal, who's making millions of dollars a year with Papa, endorsing Papa John's, which I think is great. Um, and George Mitchell uh, gets wrong. I don't understand why Shaquille is not stepping up the plate here and resolving this with George Mitchell. Uh, he was treated unfairly. He was treated uh, wrong on the basis of skin color, and yet Shaquille O'Neal and this board of directors uh, have let this go on. And they're hiding behind the media. They're hiding behind the lawyers. And at the end of the day, George Mitchell has had a lot of pain and suffering for the last, last seven months. Well, that's disappointing. And glad that you are working hard to draw attention to it. Is there any way that people can be helpful with that? Call Papa John's and say, hey, let's get, let's get, let's take care of George Mitchell. Mitchell. Let's give him an apology. Let's give him a few dollars for his pain and suffering. And let's start walking the talk. Let's stop talking about diversity and hiding behind Shaq and hiding behind this cloth that we really are a diverse company and start walking the talk at store level with the people that really wake up every day and make Papa John's a great company, and that's the George Mitchells of the world. If Papa John's is not careful, George Mitchell is going to be the George Floyd of Papa John's. Hmm, interesting. All right, well, Papa John Schnatter, we appreciate you keeping everybody honest and uh, turning mm -hmm. lemons into lemonades as, lemonade as you have done. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you, Gina. <laughs> Absolutely. Coming up... Can your employer force you to take the COVID vaccine? My next guest, Dr. Simone Gold, has the answer. Stay with us. That's next on Dr. Gina Primetime. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Back to Gina Primetime. Can you be fired for refusing the COVID vaccine? One woman in New York City was. The headline reads like this, waitress fired after refusing to get COVID-19 vaccine as she is trying for a baby. Bonnie Johnson, 34, from New York City, said she lost her job from Red Hook Tavern on Monday, days after she expressed concern about how the vaccine might affect her fertility. But I was perusing the Twitter timeline of one of my favorite medical doctors out there, Dr. Simone Gold. And I saw this story on her Twitter timeline. That headline reads, federal law prohibits employers and others from requiring vaccination with a COVID-19 vaccine distributed under an emergency youth uh, use 
I'll get this, use authorization. There we go. So can you or can you not be fired for refusing the vaccine? Here with me now to answer these questions from America's frontline doctors, Dr. Simone Gold. Doctor, good to see you. Thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you for having me, Dr. Gina. Doctor, can employers force people to get the vaccine even if they have health concerns like the one of this particular woman who was concerned about her fertility? You know, I saw that story too and I found it very disturbing, which is why I tweeted about it. It is prohibited by federal law to mandate an experimental medication or treatment for anything. It's simply prohibited since the 1940s, the Nuremberg Code, following World War II, then the Declaration of Helsinki, now codified into federal law and virtually all state law, as well as by the United Nations and World Health Organization, you're not allowed to mandate experimental treatment, period, hard, stop. Currently, the COVID-19 vaccines are in investigational stages only. That's their legal status per the FDA. They're still in clinical trials and will be through October 2022 and January 23, Moderna and Pfizer. So they're currently in experimental stages only, cannot be mandated. So if that is the case, Dr. Gold, realizing you are not an attorney, you are indeed a doctor. I'm also, um, would you a, okay, people... you know, I'm also an attorney. Uh, it's not well known. Oh. I'm a Stanford University educated attorney, which is why this issue fascinates me as well as a board well, certified uh, I, I love standing corrected under these circumstances. Uh, Dr. Gold, then, so would you recommend that people, if they're in this situation, should they consult with an attorney? Should they uh, copy this law and take it to their employer? What, what would be, because people are going to, going to need to know if they, if they want to opt out of this for health reasons um, or other mandates from employers, um, what is the best recourse for the common person who just, you know, has a health issue they're concerned about and they need to opt out? What, what is the best recourse for them? There are two things. One, America's Frontline Doctors is exceedingly concerned about mandating medical therapy for anyone. There are two things. One, on our website, americasfrontlinedoctors.com, there's a civil liberties paper that goes over all of the legal background, why this is illegal. Number two, you need to write to us at legal at America, at, I'm sorry, legal at AF, as in Frank, LDS.com, legal at AFLDS.com. We will put you in touch with attorneys who can help you fight this. There is no, it is illegal for an employer to mandate, coerce, fess, or put under any duress a person who does not want to voluntarily take an experimental medication. It's black letter law. Dr. Gold, I want to ask you about what Anthony Fauci said this week. He said that if you get the vaccine, that life still isn't going to go back to normal. Listen to this. So there are things, even if you're vaccinated, that you're not going to be able to do in society. For example, indoor dining, theaters, places where people congregate. That's because of the safety of societies. And we want to make sure that people continue to wear masks, despite the fact that they're vaccinated. So if life isn't going to go back to normal and people are getting this vaccine with some side effects, um, what's the point? I mean, how do you tell people you need to go get this vaccine um, and you not only need to get one, in some cases you need to get two. Um, Some people are having side effects. I, I think, you know, obviously they're concerned that people won't get the vaccine 
if they are if they know that there are side effects so a lot of people aren't even talking about the side effects but if there's no incentive whatsoever if life's not going to go back to normal we're all going to stay shut down we're still going to be breathing our own co2 wearing masks until 2022 uh, what's the point <laughs> if anyone doubts the um, disingenuousness of Fauci, <laughs> you just have to watch that. His goal seems to be to keep America in a permanent, fearful, locked-down state. The, the experimental vaccines were approved um, only because they reduce the symptoms. They don't actually, they've never been demonstrated to show that they reduce transmission between people, which is why Fauci is saying that, which goes to the point that you need to decide for yourself if this experimental vaccine makes sense. Now, you know, he's very clear, he's been very clear since the beginning that the experimental vaccines are not going to return you back to a normal life. Um, I find him to be disingenuous. I don't want to call him a flat-out liar, but I did tweet hashtag FireFauci. <laughs> so you did, did you? <laughs> because yeah. that is definitely trending out there in social media <laughs> right now. And I don't see how it's not because he's changed his mind so many times on so many things. And uh, I'm glad that there are doctors out there who are you know, speaking with the data that you have as honestly as you possibly can, obviously there's been a lot of time now that has passed, Dr. Gold, for them to study and to accumulate data. We try to present it every night here on the show. There isn't a ton of it, honestly. Let me um, share, may I you share know, with you? Yes. May I share something with you? So when you, you probably Please. are familiar with VAERS database, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is set up by the government 35 years ago. Anybody can look at the VAERS database and they can see the death numbers related to people who've taken COVID-19 or any vaccine such as influenza. When you look in VAERS, you will find 660 deaths that are related in time to the COVID vaccine and there's only about 25 deaths related to the influenza vaccine and there's about 50 million dosages of COVID-19 and about 150 million dosages of influenza. That's very concerning because that's a hundredfold increased numbers of deaths related in time to COVID vaccine versus the influenza vaccine. This is very concerning. We're not saying that this proves causation, but there is a correlation and it needs to be examined. It needs to be publicly discussed. The media needs to report it. So there's, it is very difficult to find that data. And I am throwing this question at you, and this is totally unfair, and I never do this to my guests, but you are so educated. I have a feeling you're going to know what I'm talking about. Uh, but if you don't, this is, this is something I never do on television. Uh, earlier, I had a report from one of my uh, journalists who just loves to dig out stories that nobody's heard about. And she was reading an Ohio study about the efficacy of these peptides. It is being published nowhere. Um, and that is actually super effective, even more effective in a lot of cases than the vaccine. Have you looked at this at all, Dr. Gold? And, uh, and what is your, it's a nasal spray of peptides. And, and have you heard anything about this Ohio study? I'm so sorry that I don't, I cannot answer intelligently. What I can say is that nobody needs to get very sick with COVID-19. If you come down with SARS-CoV-2 and you're on a prophylactic or early treatment with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide, you know, you're not going to get very sick. It's that simple. It's, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know about the other. 
Okay, and that was really unfair what I did to you, and my apologies, and I won't do it again. Okay. But I, I appreciate that that you know what you just told us is is literally a gold mine of of wisdom because that's that's super super good information for folks who out there you know they don't have to be afraid. They can know what you just said and 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 take that to the bank and not feel like they have to live in so much fear and be shut down and be uh, you know scared to live their lives. Dr. Simone Gold. As always, thank you so much uh, for what you are doing, for what your organization is doing, and please come back and tell us more soon. Of course, thank you so much. All right, and all right, guys, it is time for our segment called "Good Guy with a Gun." Here today to help us with this is RAV contributor Dylan Johnson. Dylan, here is this headline. 82-year-old Vietnam veteran, I love this, uses the butt of a gun to kill an alleged home invader. Guy shouldn't have been in there. Hate when anyone dies. But this elderly couple says the home invader attacked his wife with a knife. Dylan, tell us the rest of this story. Yeah, Dr. Gina, uh, you pretty much covered it there. The headline speaks for itself. This story obviously brings a whole new meaning to bringing a knife to a gunfight. I mean, this intruder breaks yeah. in to a home in Aiken County, South Carolina, and uh, Herbert uh, Parrish and his wife Lois are there inside the home. The 82-year-old Vietnam veteran grabs a gun, grabs a shotgun, and uh, beats the, the intruder. And uh, later, the intruder was actually uh, deceased at a hospital, but uh, the couple sustained minor injuries. Uh, the wife actually took a laceration to the head but they're both recovering, expected to uh, have a full recovery. So yeah, it's a, it's a crazy story out of Aiken County, South Carolina. I think I want to know, Dylan, the um, 82-year-old's workout routine, because I can't imagine <laughs> he didn't just shoot the guy, but he literally took the butt of the gun and just went to town on this guy, ended up killing him. You hate to hear that anyone dies, but it looks like it would have been the 82-year-old the and his wife's life, I mean, the guy had already cut his wife with a knife or, or, or the intruder, and the guy made a decision, didn't he? Yeah, he, it's exactly right. It's a crazy story, but uh, ultimately it sounds like the good guys prevailed on this one. Without a, fire, a shot being fired, Dylan Johnson, thank you so much for being with us and telling us about this. Thanks. Coming up, there are a lot of Democrats out there on social media who are regretting their votes for Biden, especially blue-collar Democrats. Rogan O'Hanley, D.C. Drano, with us next to tell us all about this. You are not going to want to miss it and its implications for 2022. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, there are some Democrats out there on social media who are regretting their vote for Joe Biden and the Democrats in 2020 and the man who's been compiling 
those social media comments, joins me now. He's Rogan O'Hanley, a.k.a. DC Drano. Rogan, it's so good to see you. Rogan, your post on Instagram was full of tweets and comments from Democrat voters who are realizing that uh, they've been duped. Let's go through a few of those. Um, this person right here, Rogan, says that Biden is backpedaling on student loans, stimulus checks, minimum wage, closing detention facilities on the border. And she asks, why did she vote for him and why would she ever vote for a Democrat again? Rogan, uh, what are some of your comments that you're getting and what, what is the most intriguing, I guess, over, overall umbrella reason to you? Well, we're seeing, I, I got these posts off a fantastic Twitter account called uh, People Posting Biden L's. Um, and it's basically a collection of many tweets just like that. Uh, ironically, with that particular person's tweet you just showed, I would reckon that they didn't even vote for Biden in the primary. I'm going to assume they voted for Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, you know, because when uh, uh, I'm old enough to remember how the D.C. establishment circled their wagons to get Biden into the nomination, just like they screwed over Bernie in 2016 to get Hillary in. So, uh, you know, when you have the establishment as your base, you will quickly find that, you know, populists on the left, uh, socialists, the AOC mob, they aren't going to be your biggest fan. They're going to give you a very short rope. And we're seeing uh, that their patience has run dry very quickly. Not something we saw with Trump. His base only got stronger over four years. Yeah, exactly. Rogan, here's a good one, too. This tweet says, how can we talk about how horrible, no, I'm sorry, says, can we talk about how horrible Joe Biden is and how much I regret not publicly criticizing this man the entire election cycle. Uh, people really had to bite their tongue to elect him. And I think a lot of them are realizing as jobs are disintegrating, Rogan, as, uh, as our country is getting quickly more dangerous with open borders and all the craziness, that this was a huge mistake. And, but now, of course, there's nothing they can do about it. Um, you know, do you hear from people that are more blue collar? Are you noticing any patterns in the type of people that most regret their votes? Well, I think there's been an overall shift in the American voting population and the, and the polls and studies are starting to confirm that. You know, the GOP has become a much bigger tent, more uh, racially diverse, more in favor of working class Americans, people that love this country of all races and the far left keeps getting smaller and smaller. But it's all very interesting to me because Biden is supposedly the most popular president in history, the most votes, 80 million votes. This guy should have everyone cheering, supporting him. But I'll be honest, I have not gotten much, you know, kind of leftist Twitter pushback uh, from the trolls like I did, you know, during election season. People are really regretting their vote, I feel, especially young people on the left. And I will just say, Five words to that. We tried to warn you. <laughs> All right, switching topics up a bit here, Rogan. We played a clip earlier in the show from Biden's AG nominee, Merrick Garland, and he used a super bizarre term when describing the January 6th Capitol breach. Listen to this. ...of domestic terrorism. Uh, is this something that you will look at in terms of the degree of the resources of the agency? Yeah, as I say that, I think the first thing I should do um, uh, as part of the, uh, my briefings on the Capitol bombing are briefings with um, Director Ray as to where he sees the biggest threat.
First it was the armed insurrection, and now it's a bombing. Were there bombs involved on January 6th? were planted at the RNC and the DNC. Problem is, we don't know who planted them. And as we've seen yeah. over the course of this investigation the last few weeks, there are leftist agitators, provocateurs, Antifa types, and, and you know, far-right extremists as well that were involved in this, uh, you know, what I call a riot, a 99.9% peaceful protest. Remember, there were hundreds of thousands of, you know, uh, America-loving patriots there and then a few hundred that have been arrested kind of spoiled it right. for the bunch. But, uh, uh, you know, to, to just summarily call it a bombing is an absolute smear on, you know, 74 million Trump supporters. That's what he's trying to do. A. Right. B. No bombs went off that I know of. And C. <laughs> uh, the last time the Senate was bombed that I remember was in the early 80s by a, uh, a radical leftist who ended up getting pardoned by Bill Clinton and then put on the board of directors for a Black Lives Matter affiliated group. So uh, you want to talk about a capital bombing, that's the only one I'm aware of. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Rogan O'Hanley, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Gina. All right. And now it is time for Doctor's Orders. My grandpa used to say, nothing is going to happen, Gina, unless you make it happen. Now, I remember that made me feel powerful somehow, and it really still does. He was a World War II Army bomber pilot, and he knew about socialism because he fought a war against the socialist Nazis. We are fighting a war against the socialists in this country today, and if you haven't woken up to that fact, I'm about to tell you why. They have masked us. They have forced our businesses to close. They have ripped our children out of school. They've stolen our votes. They've killed our relatives. They've kept us from celebrating our holidays with our loved ones. They've taken control of where we gather, where we travel, how we get there, where we eat, who we talk to, how we work, if we can make a living, who we can visit in the hospital, what we put in our bodies, what we put on our bodies, and even who can be with us at our most intimate and vulnerable moments, like when we're giving birth when we are sick, and even when we're dying. That is the story of our socialistic totalitarianism that history will tell. And if that isn't totalitarianism to you, then I will ask you, what is? So let me ask you this, how far will you let them push you before you say no? Is it when they kill your loved one in a nursing home? Is it when they make you go through the pain of childbirth alone? Is it when they make you breathe your own CO2? Is it when they force you out of your home or out of your car for their green energy or out of your business, away from your child when they're giving birth? Is it when they open up borders to foreigners and close you out of your own nation's capital with a wall? Is it when they take away your right to even vote them out of office? Is it when they turn your city into a war zone? Is it when they steal your election? Is it when they arrest you for dissent? Is it when they cancel your voice altogether? Is it when they kill you? When is it? When will you say enough? Where do you start to say no? Maybe you simply say no by running for office and beginning to be a part of the solution.
Maybe you fight mask mandates or voter ID laws or censorship issues in your county government. Maybe you run the campaign of someone who will do those things if you don't want to put yourself out there. Maybe you donate $25, $100, $500, $1,000 or more to someone who is putting themselves out there on your behalf and on the behalf of your country and your children's future. Whatever you're going to do, do not sit idly by on social media and complain watching this all go down. Because let me tell you something, this has already happened. I told you the story of the history that will be written about you at this very moment. And I told you the way it will be told. So go do something about it. And that is your doctor's orders for today. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. And thank you to everyone here at your new home for real news. Watch us every night. Real America's Voice, RAV TV, live from Studio 6B. Up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children. Love your God. Go boldly now and live the truth. Good night, everybody. Thank you.